We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Hey, we're live. Hey, welcome back to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. This is Robert Fukui, your host, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. And welcome back to episode number 72. It's the, we're kind of finishing up the five keys to scaling your business. And we're on key number 4.5. <laughs> I guess I didn't want to add six because I think the number sounded funny. Um, so I'm squeezing in, I'm doing a 4.5. The reason why it's key number 4.5 and not just five or, or four or whatever. But uh, I, in episode, or key number three was about your go-to-market strategy which has a lot to do with marketing, but it's not marketing in the way most people think of it. It's more about the building the foundations to have a successful uh, product launch and, and long-term success in the business. So uh, I figured, okay, we didn't really do a formal uh, marketing uh, section. So I kind of added this 4.5. And it's the four keys to marketing success. You know, many businesses struggle with marketing. I mean, this is obviously why a consultant like me has a job, right? <laughs> because a lot of businesses struggle with marketing because they're not formally trained in it. And, and there's so much information out there. I mean, you can just go online and there's a bunch of podcasts on marketing and books and all, all, all that kind of stuff. There's so much information, so many resources on marketing that a lot of times it creates more confusion because uh, the business don't know where to start. Or read how to execute, or what is the best approach? Because everybody is pitching their own approach, and everyone's kind of basically saying, even if they don't say it outright, but they're in, in implying that you got to do this. I mean, just in the copy, it's like you know, guaranteed success. You know, you won't lose. Everybody's doing it. Um, you know, this is the greatest marketing strategy ever. Yada yada yada. So, because there's so much noise around marketing, and everybody's kind of got a different approach that it does create a lot of confusion. So what I'm going to do today, do today is kind of lay more of the foundational work. So like I said, many businesses struggle with marketing and it doesn't have to be that way. I think we kind of overcomplicate things in general. And just in general in business, I think uh, business really uh, tend to overcomplicate things. And that's when things go awry. That's when things don't really work together well because it's too complicated. So I'm, I'm, I'm one that just really likes to simplify things, including the marketing plan, the marketing strategy. So, but, you know, in order to put together a strong marketing approach, a marketing strategy, a marketing plan, whatever you want to call it, you need to understand the fundamentals of what marketing is all about, first of all, and then the key principles that all successful marketers employ. And then once you understand those fundamentals and principles of marketing, then the rest can become relatively simple. Because once you understand the fundamentals, then it doesn't matter which approach you use, whether it's social media, Google ads or digital ads, uh, SEO, uh, doing podcasts, uh, you know, doing print ads, doing mailers, whatever. It doesn't matter what your approach is going to be to get the word out. If you employ the fundamentals, then you will see success. So the first thing you need to understand is one, what marketing is and what it's not. 
So let's start about, let's start with what it is. And when you know what it is, then you'll kind of understand what it's not. So let's start with the definition of marketing. And this is from the American Marketing Association. It's the, um, the main I guess, association that marketers are members of, including myself. And in the, the, this definition has kind of been tweaked a little bit, but this is my favorite definition they had about eight years ago. And it hasn't changed much from it, but this is essentially the definition of marketing as it, uh, as it comes from the American Marketing Association. And it's an organizational function and set of processes for creating, communicating, and delivering value to customers and to manage customer relationships that benefit the organization and its stakeholders. So I want you to kind of write it down, and I'll say it again. Write it down and really kind of chew on this. So you might have to either rewind it or I'm going to repeat it again. But it's an organizational function and set of processes for creating, communicating, and delivering value to customers and to manage customer relationships that benefit the organization and its stakeholders. Now, if you were to really like line by line and basically in sequence, really start to understand and actually implement marketing by this definition, you'll create a very nice, robust marketing strategy. So the first thing is creating. So it says creating, communicating, and delivering value. So let's talk about creating value. What does that mean? Well, it starts with your product and service. You're providing a solution to somebody's problem. That's why people buy what you're selling is because you're providing some kind of solution whether it's a meal because they're hungry and they don't want to cook, for, you know, say it's a restaurant, or a, you know, a, a can of Coke because they're on the go and they're at the gas station, they're thirsty, and so they, they, you know, there's a can of Coke they're waiting for you to buy. But whatever it is, what is that thing that you're creating of value to your customers? And understanding what that value is beyond just the features and benefits, and we'll get to that a little later. Communicating value. That is the what most people think about is the marketing part of it. It's the promotions. It's getting the word out on the social media, on podcasts, on mailers, on commercials. I mean, you name it. It's your communicating, you're trying to communicate the value of your product and service and then delivering it. Of course, you better make sure you're delivering the value that you're promising. So if you're going to promise the world and guarantees and all that kind of stuff, you better make sure you deliver upon that because if you don't, well, you may get customers now, but they're not going to come back, okay? which is one of the key pieces of this, this next part of the definition is delivering the value to customers and to manage the customer relationships that benefit the organization and stakeholders. Now, manage the customer relationships. This is post-delivery because it says and to manage. So delivering value to customers and to manage the relationships. So this is the key piece, like I alluded to earlier, or just a second ago, is you better deliver what you promise. Otherwise, you may get customers now, but they don't come back. So if you're wondering why your, your customer base isn't growing, your sales aren't growing, well, maybe because the customers that you got the first time aren't returning. So that means you have to spend a lot of time and money continually trying to get new customers because the other ones aren't coming back or they're not referring business. But if you manage the relationships well, They'll come back, they'll work for a business, and it'll benefit the organization, you as a company, and its stakeholders. And the stakeholders is anyone that has a financial um, tie to the business, the business owners, the employees, and of course, the customers, because they're the ones that are doling out the money to purchase. So if you do this well, by definition, you're going to create a great marketing strategy and you are going to grow. So just understand the definition 
and really live up to it. And look at this as look, think of this as a checklist. Am I creating, have I created value? Am I communicating it well? Because that's usually the gap. Why a lot of times uh, businesses aren't successful in marketing. Um, so what happens when they're not getting enough customers? What do they do? They start to lower their price because they think the price is too high. Well, no, it's not necessarily the price is too high. It's maybe because the customer doesn't understand the value that you're bringing. So create the value, communicate it well, deliver what you're promising, and then manage your relationships after the fact so they come back, refer business, you know, and all that good stuff so that obviously your organization is going to benefit and all the stakeholders. So the four keys are really based around the four P's of marketing. So the four keys of marketing are based around the four P's, as in Peter, of marketing. So anyone that's taken a marketing course in college or even, you know, some of these uh, educational um, seminars or whatever, if they've, if they've done their due diligence, or not done their due diligence, but if the instructor is, is doing it well, they're going to make sure they d- define what marketing is and what the four P's are because this is the fundamentals to creating a good marketing strategy. So the four P's of marketing are your product, because you need a product or service to sell, obviously. The place, it's basically how you get it into the hands of the customer, whether they come into your store or you're going to be delivering it. If you're And if they're shopping online versus in a brick and mortar, or you might be, if you're a service company, if you're a consultant like myself, you can be doing business face-to-face. You can also be doing virtually through like Zoom meetings or something like that. So how do, how, do you, how do you serve the customer, basically? The place is how do you serve the customer, or where do you serve the customer, and in what way? Uh, and then price. Of course, you need a price to sell it, right? So, or you need a price for people to know how much it is to purchase your product or service. So you need a product, you need a place um, to, to sell your product and service. You need, of course, a price. And then lastly, it's to promotion. It's to get the word out to, to the right customer, to your target audience, that you're in business and here's what we're all about. And as you develop out your marketing strategy, it should be done in this order. Understand your product value, how you're going to get to the market or to your customers, at what price, and then the promotion. So let me walk you through it a little bit. Of course, in this this episode, in this podcast, we don't have a ton of time to go deep. But I think we'll have enough time for you to get the essentials for you to start to think about your marketing approach and whether or not there's some gaps here. So... You know, we're talking, we're we're into August, going into September. So you might be thinking about how do we finish the year strong and set ourselves up for a strong 2020. Or for some, depending on your business model and your sales cycle, you might be thinking about, you know, your marketing approach for 2020. So regardless, here's the first piece, the product, the first P, the product, the value. What is the value of your product and service? So you got to understand what is the problem that you're solving for your customer in a unique way from everyone else. So you might your product or service might be similar to what other people in the market are selling, but you got to identify what is that unique way in which you deliver it? What is the unique way, uh, what is that unique piece characteristic about your product and service that sets you apart from everyone else? And it could simply be from just the level of service and detail that you take, uh, that you, you take uh, care of with your customer. Or maybe it's how it's delivered, the way it's delivered. And maybe there's some thing that some quality of the product and service that just outshines everybody else. Um, so you just got to identify what is that unique thing that sets you apart. 
Now, for example, Amazon, it's basically a virtual shopping mall with quick and overnight delivery. And sometimes they're really, they're getting into now same day delivery. You know, it's, it's that delivery. It's the getting it into, into the hands of the customer as quickly as possible without them having to go shopping, but they can get anything, anytime, anywhere, basically anything that's available pretty much is on Amazon. I mean, that's kind of what we think of, right? If we're, hey, if we're thinking of go bu- bu- buying a refrigerator, hey, go on Amazon. You know, originally we used to think about going to Sears or an appliance shop. Now it's like, okay, let's go on Amazon, see what they got. And not only will they have it, but they may have it cheaper than actually going to the store. So they're a virtual shopping mall. So it's their placement. So the product value is even, the value is even when it comes to place, the second P in the marketing plan is how they get into the hands of customers. So that's a unique approach that sets them apart. So the, the unique value is actually based on the second P, which is place. So that can be a strategic advantage, right? So you got to understand what is that thing that you bring? So in this example of Amazon, it's actually the, the place, the, 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 uh, the second P. So let's talk about the second P a little bit more. How do you get the product into the hands of a customer? So when you start to assess how you do it now, but you also might think of how you can do it maybe differently, what other methods of delivering your product and service into the hands of your customer can you do that could be a strategic advantage compared to you against other customers? You know, Netflix is a great example. They basically, I mean, almost probably almost single-handedly put Blockbuster out of business because the place, the distribution of how they got the videos into the hand of customers was their strategic advantage. You know, as you know, or remember, if you're, you're old enough, because these days with um, probably some age groups, they don't know what Blockbuster is, if you say it. So anyways, if you recall, so Blockbuster was pretty much had the, um, almost not the monopoly, but really had the vast market share of uh, of video recordings or video rentals, right? And that's when we had VHS tapes, if you remember that. But with the technology changing and everything starting to go towards, or the ability to put video recordings on DVD as opposed to VHS tapes, one, it created an opportunity for company, a company like Netflix to distribute the rentals, the video rentals, through mail because it was small enough, it was light enough, so postage wasn't going to be an issue anymore as it, w- if, as it would have been with those big, bulky, bulky VHS tapes. So that became a strategic advantage. Now the shopper, someone interested in renting a video, didn't have to go to the store and spend all this time looking in the store, you know, getting in your car, all that kind of stuff. You can do it from the comfort of your home and at the same time um, start to reserve the next video once they return the one they just rented, right? So it created a, a whole host of strategic advantages just in the place. So, but with that, you also want to analyze all the cost considerations that may force you to have to maybe charge more or you allow you to charge less in the case of Netflix and Amazon charging less, but still make a profit. So the strategic advantage allowed them to reduce their costs to now be able to charge less, but still make a profit. But sometimes you need to charge more. So you need to assess your, the, the, the way you get your product into the hands of the customer and see what a kind of strategic advantage it is and if you have to increase your price or lower your, or you can afford to lower your price. So let's talk about selling a can of Coke. So you're a retailer. Um, so selling a can of Coke in, um, you know, at Costco, 
which actually they sell in bulk, right? They sell by the case versus selling a can of Coke in an airport. So if you have a retailer in an airport that sells Coke, well, that's a strategic advantage because they're, they're kind of like a captured audience. And so they have kind of nowhere to go to buy a Coke. <laughs> um, so you get to sell it at $2.50 a can as opposed to $0.50 cents or $0.75 cents or a dollar in a vending machine, typical vending machine, uh, maybe at a gas station or something like that. So that location, that, that place of where you do business is a strategic advantage. You have a captured audience. Now it allows you to be able to charge more, but it's not just to gouge your customers because the rent in an airport versus the rent where Costco is renting or, or leasing or probably owning these large warehouse spaces, obviously the cost, relatively speaking, is lower than if you're setting up shop in an airport. So you do have to charge more anyway because, number one, they're only buying one can at a time typically in an airport versus in Costco. They're buying in a case, right? They're buying in bulk. So anyways, those are, those are some cost considerations that's going to affect your price. So which goes to the third P, which is price. So you got to consider all the, 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 two, uh, the two P's we mentioned above, right? The product value, the place, how you get into the hands of customers. So you got to consider that value in order to you to now to develop your price. So don't just do what most people do. is strictly set your price based on your costs and expenses and then mark it up to whatever fair price you think it is. You got to understand what the value you bring to the market and charge what you're worth and what you need to do in order to make a profit. And don't use the volume approach. Say, well, I'm just going to charge, um, you know, let's just say with the airport approach, selling a can of Coke. Uh, I'm going to charge only $1.50 because I don't want to gouge my customers. Um, well, you know, you, make, you could do that. But if you start to use that approach with all the products in your store, you may find you sell yourself short because the airport has a variety of fees besides just the lease. And even though you have a lot of traffic in the airport, you may not be able to make enough to have the kind of profit necessary to continue to upgrade uh, or improve um, the experience in your, in your retailer in the airport. So you've got to consider a number of things. You can't just go, hey, I'm just going to charge a little bit less and then the volume is going to make it up. That approach usually sets you up for disaster. It may not put you out of business, but you're going to have to work so hard that you're going to be just be exhausted. Everybody's going to be exhausted because you have to work so hard in order to get the volume you need to make a profit. And most of the time, they're not able. The business is not able to to get and sustain the kind of profit necessary to stay in business. So don't go with the volume approach. Based is what I'm saying. And I have a whole, uh, I have an even an ebook on the four common pricing mistakes. That's even in my LinkedIn profile. So if you want to go even to my LinkedIn profile, you can always. Um, download that and get the four common pricing mistakes so you don't do what the majority of businesses do and suffer the consequences. So the last piece is now promotion. So the reason why promotion is always last because you got to understand your value, you know how you're getting to hands customer, and then what you're charging so that you can put that into promotion. Um, so when it comes to promotion, this is this is the area where where people think about as marketing is the promotional piece. But as you can tell. The promotion is only one of the four P's that are involved in marketing. And it should be the last thing you plan after you, after you build out the, the first three. But this is usually, from a lot of business, this is the first thing they kind of go to and then back into it, which is the wrong approach. So 
the first thing you need to do to understand is because there's so many ways to promote your business, right? We all know that there's so many ways to do it. And I get asked this a lot, what's the best approach? And I just say the one that works and it's not to be flippant, but it's really to say the one you choose that you can be consistent at. So you need to assess the time, money, and resources to be consistent at marketing because consistency is the key to successful marketing. There's no magic bullet, but consistency. See, a lot of times we get kind of enamored by those videos that go viral and this brand is nothing and all of a sudden it just shoots up because, you know, some video or some social post or blog goes viral or, uh, or some restaurant critic gives a good review and then your restaurant takes off. You know, those things do happen, but it's rare. So you got to understand it's consistency is, gonna, was, it's what, is what's going to win the marketing value or the marketing battle. So assess the time, money, and resource you have to be consistent in whatever you do. So whatever your approach is, whether it's social media or digital ads or mailers or whatever, just say, okay, what can I be consistent at? And then the second piece is then know your target market from your customers to also potential strategic alliances, which that's where I would start is who can you align yourself or kind of quote unquote partner with, not in a formal setting, but just to kind of maybe doing some cross promotions or collaborating with each other and you know, leveraging each other's network. You know, who can you align yourself to create some kind of strategic alliances that will allow you to tap or each other to tap into each other's network. So here's a, a simple example would be even just a shopping mall because the mall creates this environment that people come to and they may not necessarily come for your business, but because they're there and they're walking by, they may see something they like in the front of the store, the signage or whatever, and they'll walk in. So that's not just by advertising that you'll get customers, but it's just the walk-in traffic that the shopping mall creates. Um, financial advisor um, can potentially reverse refer business to an accountant and then vice versa. So you can be a financial advisor, you can be an accountant. So you might want to find um, someone of, of, the, of the opposite, you know, if you're an accountant, find a financial advisor or advisors or a financial advisor, find some accountants that you feel you can refer some business back and forth to. Um, or a business consultant um, like myself who can potentially help out a bank customer. You know, typically, and, and what I'm saying is obviously a lot of business owners use banks. Well, they all do, I think, <laughs> use banks. And so the, you know, the bank, not the bank teller per se, but there's usually um, some kind of bank representative that specializes in servicing business owners. And so someone like that you can align with because if you can help, you know, they'll see if a business is struggling and they might say, hey, this consultant I think can help turn this business around to increase their profits, which obviously would be beneficial to the bank because the deposits get bigger. But also, if they have a loan out on the bank, it allows them to pay back the loan. So those are some, some things you can think about of how you can potentially align, create strategic alliances to do business with. And that's such a powerful tool of marketing that is very underutilized. But even the biggest of brands use strategic alliances to build their brand without having to solely rely on promotions. Now, what this does, too, is help you understand, okay, um, who are my customers? It's not just the end user, but sometimes it's strategic partners. And so understanding your target customer, but also your target partner. So you know how to, if you are going to use social media or mailers or commercials, you can tailor that message to specific groups that you're targeting. 
So even on social media, like LinkedIn, if you want to connect with other professionals that you can potentially be a refer business back and forth to. So you might want to connect with people on LinkedIn that potentially you can become potential strategic alliances or partners with. And of course, if you're doing other forms of of promotion, um, you, you, you know, not only, you know, when you create these accounts or when you create your marketing strategy, promotional strategy, you know what kind of messaging to create based on the audience that you're targeting versus the end user or a potential strategic alliance, which is the last piece that you need to uh, develop for your promotional strategy is then the messaging. You know, what kind of messaging would would resonate with my end user versus my uh, potential strategic partner? Okay, so that's promotion. So that's the, the four P's of marketing, the product, place, price, promotion, and all of that it will create, and if you do that in order, you'll create a nice, uh, a, a good, successful marketing strategy. And then when you get into the execution phase, once you got your plan, now you move forward. The first thing you got to understand is don't wait until you feel things are perfect before you launch whatever strategy. Sometimes you just need to test out the messaging. I've had a number of conversations recently of people, you know, asking about marketing and I said, look, just get some of the messaging out get a product that's just as, as good enough or what we call an MVP or minimum viable product. Just get it out there so you can test, get some feedback from the market and improve. So when it comes to the messaging part or marketing part, it's okay, let's get it out there. Let's get some, do some social posts, maybe do a few low cost ads or whatever to see what kind of feedback, what kind of engagement you get from these posts and from these ads and then try to improve the engagement rates. And as you improve the engagement rate might be, you got to tweak the marketing copy. You got to tweak maybe the images that you use. And once you feel you're getting a, a good amount of engagement just off of the test phase, now you can go into really fine tuning it and really finalize it and then just launch it and putting more money into it. So in the early stages of your marketing strategy is just put a little bit of marketing and a little bit of juice into it just to kind of test to see where the market is and where how their people are resonating with the messaging and what your marketing approach. And then at, with that feedback, you just improve. And as you improve, then you just test again. And once you feel like, okay, we've got it, now we can go, boom, let's put a lot more time, money, and resources behind it and let's just bang it out, right? So, Okay. So I hope this helps. I hope this is marketing made easy or, you know, this is the, I hope these four keys to marketing success makes sense to you. And of course, if, it, if you have any needs or requests or need clarification, you can always um, contact me on the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability, or just even email me, email me directly at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com. So, uh, I'm going to be off next week. If you happen to be listening on Facebook Live, I'm going to be off next week, but then I'll be back the week after that. So thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fukui, and remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.